This is Everyday Driver, where we know cars are expensive, but necessary, and have to do a world of things. But we also believe they should be fun. Whatever you need and can afford, we're here to help you find the right car. We're your car friends, your car therapist, and sometimes the bad influence you need. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is The Car Debate. Happy Friday, everybody. And I have to say right up front, I hear you. I hear my co-host, Paul. <laughs> Did I you hear see all, all of you. Did you see them? Uh, apparently. Aren't they awesome? People really, 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 one more, really want me to overland off-road my older Cayenne. Already have it. It's paid off. I, I know. You have it. I know. It's ripe. Overlanding Cayennes has been a thing for a while, but it's now on the forefront of yes. everybody's minds. All the SEMA images that I posted, <laughs> and I'm sure we missed many at the show. There were many, many, yes. They were awesome. I have the perfect idea for yours. I'm not going to say it because okay. it's a great idea. I don't want it to get stolen because uh -huh. I think you should do this idea. And okay. it's going to be awesome, okay. unique, original. <laughs> it's super cool. <laughs> and I kind of want to buy an old Cayenne myself. <laughs> Look, I hear you. I would like to. I will also say this. <laughs> it is not on the forefront of my things to do list. Or budget list. <laughs> but, it, but it is on there. It is on there. Okay. It's just not like okay. the top two or three things. Speaking of the top two or three things, have you seen our latest piece? We have been doing yes. stuff with the Prius. We put the Prius on new Fredestein tires and different wheels. We thought, okay, this is as minimal as building and changing can be. How much of a difference can it make? And that is why we have Prius versus GTI. And what I am finding funny is some of the commentary already about, well, nobody looking at a GTI is going to cross shop a Prius. Not the point of the video. Congratulations, you have <laughs> entirely missed the point. That is the person that clicks the thumbnail to leave the comment and doesn't even right. watch. Yeah. I hope you'll watch because we actually have an interesting conversation about the GTI being exactly what it is. It is the benchmark for do-it-all hot hatch. It's the benchmark for I commute but also drive for fun. That's the icon. So if we can take the Prius, which is the opposite end of the spectrum, and even get close, I consider that a victory. This is what we were challenged with doing, and we're thrilled to have Redestein with us. We wish we had more sponsors with us who've expressed interest but have said, we don't have Prius parts yet, like our friends at PowerStop. Exactly. I am so excited about this video, and I'm not saying that it's now so fast and corners so well that I'll see you on track and I will take you. We do have a track piece I was going to we have a track piece coming just to see how that goes, actually, yeah. Because things were somewhat expected and somewhat different than we thought, mm -hmm. which is actually good. But I like this little experiment. I maintain when Toyota comes out with the GR Prius, everybody will be like, hey, the guys already did that and you already explored this territory <laughs> and you were right and we should have listened to you because all my neighbors are like, well, like of all the cars you could choose, especially mm -hmm. the ones that Toyota makes, like, why did you land on that? And I keep having to explain myself again and trying to justify it. Yeah, and it yeah. always just doesn't sound exciting. But it, when you're in the car, it's like, wow, this is way better than we thought, especially the Firestein's on it. You and I keep climbing into that car with the giant, like, what if thought bubble over our head? <laughs> like, what if, what if this is going to be really fun? What if we're, we're trying, here's, put it this way. This also shows that you and I apparently in our old age are still growing. Okay. Cause, cause I like we, that. Because we really were just kind of like, wouldn't it be funny if, and I'm just excited that both Toyota and Vredestein just kind of caught the vision of this and went, that is kind of funny. Let's see what happens. I mean, we, we really are. It's not funny like a clown, but no, no, it's no, funny. No, 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 no. It's just kind of funny, interesting. And, and, and this is what's going on with this. So we hope you'll join us for that piece. We have, we, again, as Paul said, we have a track piece coming. We also have a couple of incredibly large, we're quite proud of, comparison pieces coming between now and the end of the year. Yes, thank you for so mentioning So look forward these. to those. Other upcoming things, November 15th, 2023, that is this coming Wednesday. We are actually doing a pretty informal meetup, but dinner at the Yard House in LA. It's actually downtown LA on Olympic Boulevard. So it's many of you have emailed us already and said you're coming. Thank you for those emails. If you still like to join us, please let us know. It's a good group already. So we're excited about that. And two days later, Friday the 17th, we will be doing, actually on that Friday, we'll be doing our next live stream. That is episode 850, All Questions, No Cars. And I always kind of brace myself. They're incredibly fun, but I brace fun, myself yeah. going in. Yikes. The questions are already coming in on the email too. So I saw that. we are uh, looking forward to that. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. 
Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. We want to remind you that one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle is better brakes. An upgraded brake system can transform a vehicle's performance and give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. Track, trail, or traffic, every vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. No matter what your vehicle is or your driving style, PowerStop has a complete brake upgrade kit for you. Head to PowerStop.com. Fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder, and you'll be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, truly noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. We have both experienced firsthand the upgrade quality on our own vehicles. I've got the Z36 truck and tow pads and rotors on my Ford Expedition, and it brakes more powerfully than it ever has. Join the thousands of drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today. Power Stop. Brake upgrades made easy. Amron is in San Jose, California. Mm-hmm. He's 27 years old. He just landed a great job as a medical speech therapist. Mm, cool. His first real job after lots of sacrifice. I wonder if you went to like the 18th grade or, I mean, doctors go to the 25th grade, right? Is that what we would say? Something like that. Yes. Yeah. So you, you, there's been some time spent. Again, he's 27 years old and had his first real great job. So yeah. Okay. This is like awesome. It. Amron, he currently lives with his girlfriend in an extremely expensive city of San Jose where he moved to take this job offer. They have no kids, but he says the roads in San Jose are the absolute worst he's ever experienced of all places that he's lived. And now having a better job with a short commute is making him think of owning a different car. Now, what I love about so many of the emails we get, and Amron's is no different, is when I start reading them and I'm already kind of painting the picture of who the person is and where they live and what the story is and what the situation is we're going to have to tackle. And then they throw a curveball that I do not see coming. And the <laughs> curveball in Amron's story is the car he currently drives. Not what you thought. This story leads me to believe he has some sort of old beater, beat down thing, kind of, but no, because what he has is a 2009, so yes, old, but a Volvo C30R design, which when's the last time you even saw one of those, dear listener? But I'll go you one further. <laughs> I kind of forgot about him. <laughs> He's got a six-speed manual. I think they made yeah. six of those. He could actually put it in his local cars and coffee like one of six, and he's had it for five years, which means he didn't buy it new. He's had it longer than any other car he's ever owned. It has almost 200,000 miles on it, and it gets weirder because when's the last time you heard of somebody that had a Volvo they modded? I have a modded Volvo. He has a 2009 Volvo C30R design with exhaust, lowering springs, and a plethora of other small upgrades. And the stiffness of this car now is the thing that's made him so aware of San Jose roads. The car that went with this story could not have been farther apart in my brain when I read this, and I am so excited about it now. See, we're not going to be modding for out of class or modding in class. We're going to be modding for cities now. Exactly. We are tuning for your town. You've got the San Jose tune. Somebody's going to come up with that. Forget you stage one, it. two, and three. Exactly. This is, okay, we've got the Oakland tune, the San Jose exactly. tune, and the middle of Nebraska tune. They're different. Have you been on roads in Dearborn? Mm-hmm. Because they are bad. I think they're still bad. Well, Amarin's previous commute was 45 minutes to an hour each way before, but with this new job, he may potentially only be driving three days per week. Mm. 15 minutes each way. He's always had a long commute his whole life, so this change is very exciting because he does not need to prioritize practicality and he wants something fun. Mm, Love it. He does admit on this Volvo, before the mods, it was comfortable, quiet, and functional. (laughs) So essentially, in a sense, you've told us, I realize now I've ruined it. That's pretty much what you said. It's more fun, but only in specific situations outside Mm -hmm. of San Jose. It feels stiff, loud, and tiring to drive at times. (laughs) My car is stiff, loud, and really tiring to drive. But man, I love it. But I love it. That's pretty much the Lotus Elise, isn't it? Yeah, okay. It handles better, but it doesn't compare to cars that are built for handling from the start. Uh Uh-huh. But Amron really enjoys modifying cars and wants to continue to do so. Mm. But this experience has put him off because he feels he tried to take a comfy car and make it perform rather than taking a performance car and enhancing it. We've mentioned that a couple times we on this have podcast. Discussed but once Amron, or twice. Thank, thank you for I mean, thank you for walking us through this because we all try this. I mean, let's be honest, we're doing the exact same thing with a Prius right now. We're taking something designed to be a commuter and going, Can we make this fun? Why won't this horse go faster? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the wrong kind of horse. Anyway. With how expensive San Jose is to live in and the cost of new cars, Amron is not sure if he should keep the Volvo. Just never given him a check engine light in five years. Go check your car now because I'm sure it threw a code. <laughs> now that now we're that talking about it, it's yeah, it's happened. Mentioned. Uh-huh. 
It keeps getting higher mileage and less enjoyable in San Jose, or should he get something newer and make payments, which he's never done? He's always bought older cars with cash. His brain says keep driving the Volvo until the wheels fall off and save his money. Mm. His heart says a new car sounds exciting and it would be a nice change of pace to drive something a bit nicer and more engaging. Interesting. Okay. The challenge is the Volvo is not worth much. He says about three or four grand with its high mileage and some cosmetic damage. And the Uh. fact that you have tuned it like you have, you might not even get that for it. I hate to say it, but you might not because if somebody test drives it and concludes it is as stiff and difficult as you do... Your price is going to have to come down. The debate is this. Option zero. (laughs) Before number one. Uh Uh-huh. The option zero is to be financially responsible and drive the paid-off Volvo forever. Do we all really think that's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. This Do we is, think this is actually going to happen? This entire podcast, for those of you that are catching up late, is about <laughs> selling the car you have and getting something different. So option zero is probably not going to be where we go. Moving forward to option number one, which is keep the Volvo as a safe, semi-practical beater that is paid off and mm. get a second older used fun car for around 10 to 15 grand mm. with much lower car payments. Option number two, keep the Volvo, even if he gets low offers, or sell it and buy a newer car with car payments. Mm. And this new car budget is twenty to $30,000. His car history includes an 04 Civic Automatic, his first car, a 90, 1990 Miata MX-5. He had a 1992 Corolla Liftback rear-wheel drive, the rare rear-wheel drive Corolla with a five-speed. Those were very cool, actually. 2012 CRZ, those are cool. He actually didn't like it that he said he didn't, felt it didn't do anything well. It was not fast enough, not efficient enough, and it wasn't nearly spacious enough either. So he just said he had that for a brief amount of time, had it two months. <laughs> so since it wasn't <laughs> spacious enough, he bought an 03 Honda Del Sol. Yes, exactly the right direction. Yes. <laughs> he wanted a convertible and he had a short commute to school. And then he got this 09 Volvo C30. He was terrified to buy it because it was his first European vehicle mm. and he feared the maintenance. He is fortunate that his lovely minister of finance is supportive of his car disease. You are fortunate. <laughs> Given his current situation, he does not have a need for space. His girlfriend has a 2016 Corolla, so that could be the four-door reliable option when like needed. It. He would love a rear-wheel drive experience again, but he recognizes many front-wheel drive cars that would be fun and he would highly prefer manual, but he's open to autos Mm. so long as they provide engagement otherwise. The options he's considered are an ND Miata. He said maybe go in all on the ND3 once it comes out. He's Mm -hmm. looking forward to the upgrade in infotainment. He is not a huge fan of the styling of the GR86, but he has yet to drive one. He's Mm. heard many good things, and he's heard many good things about Honda S2000s, but with his budget, he would have about 100,000 miles on it, and he's going, it's tough to swallow for the price, but he's heard great things. And he's got a Cayman on the list, a 987 Cayman, older than his C30, would Mm -hmm. have also around 100,000 miles. He's a little worried about the running costs, but he knows it would be incredible and a well-built vehicle. Or something unique. Maybe he hasn't learned his lesson yet. Does he need to learn his lesson? <laughs> Let's find another something as strange. So, as, you know what you need is you need the last generation Saab 9.5. Ooh. No, you don't. Actually, that's not where I'm How going. How about anyway. a car from a company that doesn't exist, Aaron? <laughs> It'll be great. It'll be awesome. He says, wild cards are always welcome. And I'm glad you said that in your email, Aaron, because I have wild cards for you. I and too. you don't know what's coming at you. Good. All of these cars are two-seat coupes that he has named, mm-hmm. which means they could pair well with that four-seat Volvo if he were to keep it, giving them the versatility of a hatchback in the front of a sports car. He's open to all suggestions, and he demands that we give him drive homework. <laughs> demands. <laughs> I love this. This is so great. All right, Amron, the, the, the Volvo, I think, needs to go. Okay, because he, and I'm going to give you an alt here, but here's the reason I think it needs to go. I think whatever you replace it with, the Volvo's never going to have a purpose. And my backup for you is <laughs> but this. But all my parts that I've I know, paid I know. money for and they're attached to the I car, know. there they are. A- Amron, here, here, here's my alt for you. Park it and keep it for six months after the ever a car you're going to get. Now, what you haven't said is you said you live in San Jose. So are you telling me, are you really telling me you don't have any parking issues for you to have a car no. you're not driving constantly? I'm mm. really wondering, is there actually space for that Volvo to stay? But just let's just assume for sake of he argument. He could turn it into a fire pit. He could. You can't let it go, and it needs to stay for a bit. My, my challenge for you is have a six-month overlap planned with the car you're going to buy. And at the end of that six months, tally up how often you use the Volvo. Because my guess is you're going to be able to count the instances on one hand. And the right. car goes. I think you probably think could right. have it go now, but if you're really not set on that, I think it's a six-month time limit and retally, and I bet you it still goes. 
Amarin, I know you've noticed, but San Jose is a town full of a lot of fancy cars. There's all kinds. You will see practically everything, and they're all brand new. So I know the temptation, especially in that part of the country, is a lot because you just see new hot cars from the hottest, latest electric cars to Porsches to BMWs. On my mind is something that is unique and different for you because I know you're an enthusiast and I know you're going to want a two-door fun sports car as you as your car disease grows and you mm-hmm. want to get more into high-performance driving or track driving maybe. I thought about starting out with a new Honda Civic Si. You could go easily get oh, one. Sure, yeah, yeah. I thought that'd be, great. that'd be good. You'd really like it. Mm-hmm. You also already mm-hmm. have a four-door. This is manual. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And if you're going to look at a Civic Si, you can't not look at an Acura Integra. You should look at a Hyundai Elantra N, either transmission okay. or a BMW 2 Series or a Mazda 3 Turbo Hatchback. I just had to say all of those to get them off my chest as the <laughs> usual suspects. We now you're have gonna, to mention them. Now you're going to go nuts, aren't you? Well, how about a Boxster of any year for 30K? Yes, agreed. Instead of a Cayman, go get a Boxster. Those are cool. Yep, and he likes convertibles. Then I thought Porsche, there's a lot of Porsches around town, Mm -hmm. and I I want you to be original. So then I investigated a 2015 Jaguar F-Type V6 convertible for $32,000 at Park Place LTD in Bellevue, Washington. Ooh, and they always have the really nice ones. They have the nice ones, although it's white, not my fave. That's not as nice, yeah. That's not as nice. Mm -hmm. But still, 15 F-Type. Huh. And it's, it looks very nice, very clean. And then I thought about, this is the car that I really want you to get, a BMW Z4. These mm. are great. Pick a year for the style and go get one. A I Z4. It. I love it. Get one of the the last generation Z4s. Mm-hmm. Get a current one that's mm-hmm. like the Zupra. Yes. Go, go nuts with Toyota badging on your BMW or vice versa. <laughs> I don't care. Go. <laughs> that's funny because I have that on my list of wild cards. Do you? Z4. Z4. Absolutely. For the same reason. Look, you can get one older than your Volvo or you can get one pretty new because they don't hang on to their value. What's the, the Z4 generation you want and the money you want to spend? It is a fantastic alt, I know, because I owned one. Yes. I, I love the Z4. That's a great choice. Get a Z4. I mean, everybody listening, just pretend that I stopped there. Okay. And now we're, we're going to go really nuts. BMW like Z4 and Ameren, just get a Z4 and that's the car you want. That was the, okay. that's the place so. where now we're going to leave all logic and reason. Please keep going. Preach. Uh-huh. 2016 Alfa Romeo 4C Spider for 49.9 in Royal Oak, Michigan, in yellow. Whoa! I was hoping the a 4C Spider. I was hoping they'd be like 35. They are no, not 35. They're not 35. But that's they're that's, not 40. <laughs> no, but for the Spider, actually, that's almost a deal. For the Spider, the Spider is the way you want that car because you don't want to drive that car at the edges of itself. You want to drive that car as a fantastic. The weather is perfect. Cruiser. Watch our Pacific Coast Highway yes. piece as a car. That's how to drive that car. It's a perfect day. Yes. Top off. Oh, love it. That's great. The reason I suggest that, Amarin, is because you would not be like everyone else around you. True. You would be a one of one, mm-hmm. especially in yellow. It'd be like Todd in Park City zipping around in a yellow lotus. <laughs> it's like, oh, buddy, it's, there's only one. If you cut somebody off, they're going to remember you. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you're cutting somebody off in a yellow Alpha 4C around town, it'll be like, ah, oh, there's Amarin. <laughs> uh-huh. And then I went a completely different direction. Okay. And it's because of the roads. Cameron, mm-hmm. and you said you wanted something comfortable and convertible. It's a bit of a choice. Okay. It is a Mercedes-Benz SL. Look at you. Okay. All right. I am suggesting spending less of that budget. Mm. Now, I'm also suggesting sell the Volvo. Volvo goes bye-bye. Okay. Wave right. good. goodbye to good, the good. parts and the memories. Yep. They're gone mm-hmm. with wings. They're flapping off in the it, distance. It was a great car. It's a great car. Get rid of it before it's a bad car. Good memories. Turn Honestly. it into a fire pit or wrap it with dead cord and make a YouTube video. There you care. go. Million views. <laughs> million, million views. I went looking for older Mercedes-Benz SL500s and 550s, and I was shocked at what I found. Because this is the go-to-work car. This mm-hmm. is the cruise-around yeah, yeah. car. This yeah, is yeah. the top-down, we're going for a latte, we're going for a cruise up the coast. It's yeah. not your hardcore sports car, but it's almost there. And it's got a great sound. It's a V8. Mm-hmm. And I went and found a 2004 Mercedes-Benz SL500 with 87,000 miles Ooh. for thirteen grand. No way. What year? 04. So it's 20 years old. But seriously, this is while you save money for your ND3 Miata that you want to get or a nicer mm, box store, a nicer game. Yeah, yeah. A 2003 SL500 with 55,000 miles on it costs 12 grand. 
Now, it's had a little bit of damage, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at that side Don't of it. Look Come to the, the driver. The driver's side's gorgeous. Don't <laughs> look at the passenger side. I found a great one, an 07 SL550 with 111,000 miles for 13.9. It huh. looks great. It's in New Jersey, but it's a Mercedes. It's the SL. It's one of their flagship sports cars, sporty sports cars. You'll be spending money on these. But Amber, still, I'm sorry, you will be spending I mean, money on these. You see the nice ones, and they'll uh-huh. go to 200,000. You'll spend they money will. on the maintenance, but for still. Sure. Yeah, yeah. An 01, the prior body style, the blocky square one. Okay. 2001 SL500 with just under 69,000 miles for $15,000. Amarin, fly to Florida and find an SL500 (laughs) owned by a little old lady who's getting rid of it. Yes. And it's just been puttered around Uh Florida in, Uh and you snag it for 12 grand or some kind of deal, drive it back with your girlfriend, and find some great roads. Mm -hmm. It's just, don't expect sports car hardcore. This is the the car that will defeat the roads. It's like so it. big and like heavy it. and okay. comfortable, all right, all right. but it's a sports car, but it's a convertible, but you didn't pay too much. Mm. You look like you paid a whole lot of That's money. That's good. That's 07 really good. 07 SL600 for $22,000 with 109,000 miles. I mean, that's kind of tempting, but huh. consider it, but run away, you know, <laughs> both at the same time. Pause, then run. <laughs> but then I'm thinking you're rocking an SL500. You didn't pay a lot because now you're easing into Euro maintenance to really see, is this for me? I mean, you could do the Z4. <laughs> is Euro maintenance for me? Yeah. Well, you I, and Euro maintenance. Yeah. Uh-huh. You and your wallet. But then I thought you could even go nuttier and go get yourself a 911 in that price range. You know, a you Cabrio, maybe manual, but usually the automatics are cheaper because nobody wanted them. But still, yeah. you're rocking a Cabrio 911. There you go. It doesn't have to be a Carrera 4. It can just be a Carrera. A base mm-hmm. convertible. He'd love that. Of so, yeah. some sort for yeah, he 30, would. 40 grand, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. Weird wild card. But I kind of, I like the SL500 because it's so, even like if you it, get it's that, good. It's they good. call it desert silver, but it's like boring old Mac champagne from computer yeah. champagne color yes. from 84. Very good. It's good like reference. that like it. color with a little bit of sparkle in the paint. But if it's old enough, it's dull now. So it looks <laughs> no, like an old. just does look like an old plastic <laughs> champagne. computer. There you go. Like it. And you're rocking this SL and it's just comfortable because commute on roads. It's a short commute. Tops down. You got your latte in your hand and music's up. You're enjoying yourself in the sunshine and you're just cruising. And then meanwhile, you're slowly squirreling money away for the fun sports car, the hardcore, the thing that really satisfies your canyon driving and track driving needs. That is to come. But meanwhile, you're rocking an SL for half a third of the cost. Wow. That's Different. good. All right. Uh, that's some good stuff. I already mentioned my Z4 wildcard. I'm going to come back to it. But first, I want to run through some of the ones you actually brought up, Amarin. And, and first off, look, I do think the Volvo needs to go. I think I think you need to drive a GR86. I actually don't think it's the car for you. You're already part not, of the drive. You're already not in love with it. So so it's not really speaking to you right now, styling-wise. I'd like you to drive it so that you can, you can establish your own relationship with the car versus the hype. Okay, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm going to make that make sense mm-hmm. here in a, in a minute. But I want you to actually drive it because they're excellent to drive. But the problem is that car is fairly stiffly sprung, certainly compared to something like a Miata, like an ND2 Miata. So I think you wouldn't like it on bad roads. You'd yeah, love it on great yeah. roads. So I think it's the wrong car for you, which brings me to the ND2 Miata, which one of our only problems with that car out of the box, well, two, I don't fit. That, that's a problem. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> Just one? But, no, but, but, but I'm saying th- that, is, that is a personal problem, the fact that I don't fit. You're right. So taking that off the table, my only other problem with the car is the fact that it's quite softly suspended. That's Lots true. of body roll, takes up bumps really well. But for you, that's perfect. If you yeah. fit in it, that's exactly the kind of actual manual convertible you need as an ND2 Miata. You could wait on the ND3, but the ND2 is awesome. I think the soft suspension is going to be perfect for your roads, and it's actually... Of the convertibles made, I think that might be the best convertible commuter outside of Paul's SL because it's just, it's so easy and friendly. Nobody's mad at the guy in the Miata. No one's mad at him. No no one's mad at that guy. You could cut off people all day in a Miata, and they're like, he's in a Miata. Just wave okay, whatever. and be like, you. You can drive slowly. It's it's easy to drive that that transmission in stop and go. I think an Indy 2 Miata is a fantastic call. I want to contrast that with the S2000 and the Boxster. I like both of these cars. Mm-hmm. The S2000, I'm, I'm speculating something about the S2000 right now. The prices on that are still going up for what you get. The really nice ones are crazy money already. The low the mileage. $30,000 S2000 is like, don't and drive that. That'll seriously. be worth 100 in a year and a half. So so the problem that I'm concerned about is I'm worried about the, if that car is reaching that place where 
what you got for your money isn't worth the hype. Mm. Your $20,000 S2000 is an older car that's going to need stuff, and it has compromises. If you're buying a car you want to have compromises, that's fine. It is an iconic car. It is fantastic to drive. Newsflash, it's not perfect, and it is old. So you're trying to step into something that feels a little more modern and usable, which is why I think the ND2 Miata wins over the S2000. I love the Boxster and Cayman. I've talked about them both a lot on this show, but that's going to be as old as your Volvo, and they're going to need maintenance. So mm-hmm. brings me to my wild cards. Mm-hmm. C4s are unloved and aren't typically high mile. Paul already talked about them. I think this is an overlooked but very fun car. Look at the BMW Z4. And then the more commute-friendly version of the Boxster, is the Audi TT. Oh, that's good. I think the Audi TT would be great. Convertible, really hardtop, Audi TT, my friend. Get a manual one of those. Now, the problem is they haven't been manual for all of the generations. Uh, somewhere in there, and I honestly don't remember off the top of my head, the they stopped first, making them the manual. the early, early cars were. But uh, I think you can get them up into the, I think into the 2010s with a manual, if I remember correctly, but maybe I'm wrong. The point is Audi TT, manual or auto, that is your commute boxster. And I think you could get more for your money with the Audi TT than you could a Boxster or a Cayman. And then I have a last one. You're talking about you want a manual. You want sporty driving. You want character. You want fun. But, man, my roads are bad. You know what saves you? Magna Ride. Get a Corvette. (laughs) Get a Corvette. (laughs) Spongy McSponge Two-seat. Manual transmission, oh and you have it on the comfort setting to bound your way through San Jose. And then when you get onto some of those great roads that are just outside town, we've shot on a few of them, you dial it down to make it hardcore, and it's a different car. You need Magnaride. You should get yourself a C6 or stretch for a C7. Go for a Corvette. That's my last wild card, Amron. Hopefully something here. Not only do I want you to drive everything listed, but hopefully something really catches. It's probably that Mercedes SL. It's totally old SLs. I, I like the SL6. The super sketchy V12 with 109,000 miles. Like, if you're going to spend money on maintenance, why not go all the way? Sketchy McSketch. All the way to V12. <laughs> you could drive around San Jose with champagne glasses stacked on the hood of your Corvette just to demonstrate to everybody else how wonderful the Magna Ride is and how much they wish they had it. And you do. Amron, thank you for writing. If you've got a debate like Amron's, write to us everyday driver TV at gmail.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whatever car you're looking for and wherever it's listed, you'll find it with Autotempest.com. Autotempest.com brings together results from all the top used car listings anywhere online to save you time and help you find the perfect car. It even lets you compare with nationwide results from Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, and far beyond your local area. Plus, you can now get email alerts for your search, so you're sure not to miss anything. You can even price and find new cars from nearby dealers. That's why Auto Tempest is now the official sponsor of all our test drive videos. We use it to search for new cars or used cars wherever they are. So when you're doing your drive homework or you're chasing your next family car or you're just browsing so you can see what's out there, go to autotempest.com slash everyday so they know we sent you. Auto Tempest. All the cars. One search. Early on in the history of our show, we had uh, two people that wrote in every week, and one of them is back. <laughs> Damn it, Patton is back. He's here with a car debate. He's writing in from Arkansas, and one of the things you need to know about Damn it, Patton, besides the fact that he's a friend of the show and has been writing in forever, we've had him on many meetups with us. Andrew's awesome. The thing you have to know is that he bought a blue, Neptune blue GR86, <laughs> looks exactly like the one we had, from another friend of the show a year ago at the Utah meetup. It came to the Utah meetup with one owner, and it left with Dammit Patton. Yeah. Okay? It's, it's cool. It's very cool. It's cool that uh, Since then, he said he's pretty trained. much tried to copy what we did. He did uh, lightweight gold 17-inch wheels, stickier tires, power stop, street warrior uh, brake kit, upgrading that. I, I want to set the stage here. He waxes lyrical about this car. He talks about how great it is. He said, judging other people's reactions, recently on a drive with a bunch of friends from the show, he said, he, judging on other people's reactions, he was just, he was even more overjoyed by everybody else's enjoyment of the car. He said, it is 
kind of the best thing he's found for a single car solution. He talks on and on about how it's good for winter, it's good for summer, it's great for back roads. He loves it. I, I want you guys to understand how much he likes this car because he's thinking about getting rid of it. What? Mm-hmm. Scratch? Record yep, scratch? Pretty much. Andrew, thank you for writing. Andrew plans on driving it during the winter this year as Arkansas, where he lives, only gets about 25 at the lowest, 25 degrees Fahrenheit outside. Love it. So two to three times a year, they get the occasional freeze or snowstorm. While their general area is good with treating roads and plowing, his neighborhood doesn't plow, so he would have to be able to drive 1,000 feet in three to five inches of snow. If it's nice, soft Utah snow, you could do that in a Lotus. You just true. become the snowplow. I still yeah. think you should put a blade on that thing. You Probably, yeah. He thinks putting some Vredestein Quattrack all-weathers uh, with snow rating on his stock 18 should do the trick. Those are your perfect winter wheels already, so yeah, they as well. Yeah. While driving home from a recent meetup, he kept thinking about three cars specifically. A Fiesta ST, the Jaguar F-Type R, and the Mustang GT convertible. And as someone who previously owned a Camaro SS1 LE, he was shocked how much he liked the Mustang. These are cars he drove. They were people trading cars on a recent meetup, Tale of the Dragon. He drove many things, and those three... This is the thing I find amazing. He's driving home in the GR86 that he loves, and he can't stop thinking about these three other cars. Kind of weird. You're going to have to X out that Camaro tattoo on your shoulder yeah, and uh-huh. change it into a horse, like Something. a dark horse with nostrils flaring, and <laughs> you can hear the hoofbeats. The SS <laughs> becomes part of the main... We can cover yeah. that. We can just change it. It's going to be fine. Well, he also thought he'd hate the transmission, but he says it was surprisingly engaging, and for spirited mountain road driving, it's more capable even though it's large. I mean, the car, not the transmission. Yes. Transmission's true. also large. The transmission's also Everything's large. large. Everything's large. It's a Mustang. <laughs> Got it. Yes. The noise produced by the Jaguar was intoxicating, and the ZF transmission, he thought, was programmed very well for a sporty GT car. Okay. And while he had driven before a Fiesta ST, it was still good to reconfirm what he enjoys about that car. Cheap, but not shoddy. Mm. It responds to mods well. It's fun in corners and gets great gas mileage when he's not beating on it. Decent space for a compact Apple CarPlay. So it got him thinking. He says, here's my dilemma. He wants two cars to accomplish all of these following requirements. Now, now I have to circle back here, Andrew, to earlier in your email when you said, uh, you're pretty sure with the GR86 you have the perfect single car solution. Now, at the bottom of the email, what I'd really like to do is sell the GR86 and get two cars. Welcome to the show. The water is warm. We're glad to have you with us. One of these two cars has to be manual. Okay. The other has to be auto so his wife can drive. Okay. We also know his wife. She's wonderful. Yes. One car must be lightweight around GR86 weight. That's tough. If you keep the GR86, you solve that. I just want to put that out there. I mean, I don't understand why it's I don't understand why it's wiped off the table here. I keep going all the one. Anyway, sorry. Not even for the budget. His budget is sixty-five grand for both cars, so he could keep it and just get one. Has to be manual and has to be lightweight. Boxes checked. (laughs) That's true. Onward. And you like it. Uh huh. It's also nice enough to take out on a date night, even though it's manual. Mm -hmm. And we proved you could do winter driving in it. We loved it in the winter. Is actually all, all a lot four more fun. of his parameters? GR86. You already have it. Anyway, moving on. Oh, but one needs to have a backseat capable of a small car seat because the ownership period will overlap with them bringing on a new member to the patent roster. Uh, hang on. Did you put out like a one ad or are you guys about to need congratulations? Which way is this going? I'm not sure. <laughs> what should I write on would the card? You li- would you like to be a patent? Sign here. I don't know. Anyway, Sign yes. Sign our petition. Again, the budget is sixty-five grand right now. He's thinking something like a combo of Fiesta ST and rear-wheel drive Jaguar F-Type R, or a K-swapped Honda Fit. <laughs> so a project car. <laughs> That's what you need with there's, a newborn. There's, there's a record scratch, honey. The project car is almost running. I'll go out for Formula in a few. It's going to be fine. He lived in Florida for a while. They live in Florida, and he had a Mazda Speed Miata. They had the S54 BMW clown shoe. He's never again owning an old BMW. But I understand he made wow. money on that car, though. Yeah, he made money that's on the it. Only, that's the only thing that softens that blow. You may not have liked owning it, but you sold it for more than he bought it for. So <laughs> score. 2017 Camaro SS1 LE, 2015 Subaru WRX, uh, 2013 BRZ GTO from 06. Florida is full of those Pontiac GTOs. Mm. They're chock full That's of them. That's pretty much where they all went, I think, yeah. 2006 WRX Wagon, Miata, Subaru 2.5 RS. He's also had access through his wife to a Subaru Wilderness, a Chevy Bolt, a Mazda CX-30, and Michelle's Toyota Yaris. Like it. Kind of fun for a crappy car. <laughs> Imagine that Ooh. with 300 horsepower and all-wheel drive. Sweet. The GR Yaris. Moving on. Yeah. I'm telling you, GR Prius is coming. He was hoping we would help him expand his options, which we are happy to do. Mm-hmm. Andrew, thank you again for writing. What options do we have for, for Andrew? Well, let's see here. I, I want to circle back to, I, I'm, I'm overstating it, but you have the GR86. 
in the proper spec and you like it. Uh-huh. And if you if you want to go with two cars, we are the big believer in buy more cars than one. Obviously, that we've proven that out. If you have the money and the time and the place to put it, we would all own more cars that make sense. Okay, that that's perfectly fine. <laughs> I don't understand why one of them can't be the GR86. I, don't, I just don't get it. Yes. Okay? Yeah. If you're looking for nicer and you want to have, okay, let me go back to your list. You want to have one of them be manual. You want to have one of them be lightweight. Good enough for a date night driven in the winter. Well, here's my first thought. Keep the GR86 and buy an all-wheel drive F-Type. You liked that F-Type. There is your date night automatic all-wheel drive. And then you've got the GR86. Ooh. At the moment, I'm struggling for why you, those two cars don't work. Yes, the F-Type and the GR86 are, at their core, the same idea. Front engine, rear drive, similar shapes. I get it, but they're not the same car. The F-Type is definitely no, the nicer no. thing. Get the all-wheel drive one. You've got the, you know, don't think twice in the winter. You've got all that kind of stuff. Michelle can drive it. It's automatic. It's the nicer car. And then you have the, I'm going to go to tail of the Dragon taking the GR86. That's my first choice. I also, on my other keep the GR86 rant was GR86 and Alpha Julia. Oh, that's nice. You want nice. a back seat. You want an automatic. It only comes automatic. What version of Alpha Julia would you like, sir? Do you want to go with the base one? With the sport trim, or do you want to go all the way up to the Quadrifolio, which you can get used for your budget? You already have the GR86. Get an Alpha Julia Quadrifolio. Have the world's greatest dad car. Your wife's going to love driving that. She might not like being a passenger, but she's going to love driving it. Okay? <laughs> the Julia is very, very fun. Those are my two keep the GR86. And then I have some non-keep the GR86 options. Who would like to buy a GR86 just like the one Todd and I shared for In the Neptune, a year. it's the kind you can't get. It's the one yes. Andrew is selling. Who would like it? Please write to us. Clearly. Uh, th- somebody on Discord is going to end up with that car, I guarantee you. Yeah, you're right. Here's here's my thoughts. You want that Fiesta ST. I, I get the sense you just want a Fiesta ST back in your life to play with. I get that sense. Yeah, I agree. So Fiesta ST and Porsche Cayman. You've never owned a Porsche product. I'll just remain silent over here while you finish. I know, but Paul's thinking Cayman too, I can tell. Or you already brought them up. You you listed them, Andrew. You'd like a Fiesta ST and a Jaguar F-Type. You listed (laughs) your email. Exactly. You said, these are the two that interest me. There it is in writing. I can get both of them. (laughs) One is lightweight, manual transmission, easy to mod. The other one is nicer, and I can have automatic and take my, my wife out. You gave it in your email. Please give me permission. I hate to circle back, but there they are. And then finally, Captain Obvious. Uh, my, my last, my last one to go to, that I actually do think check all the boxes in a completely different way. By yourself, the prices have almost come down generally to MSRP. A GR Corolla, oh. all-wheel drive, back seats, manual transmission, oh. and an automatic MX-5 Miata. You could get an ND used for your budget. It's really good. And now I've completely switched which car does which parameters, but now you've got the fun. Get an RF. Get a fun date night car that happens to be an auto. You can drive on Tail of the Dragon if you want, or you can take and hoon the GR Corolla on Tail of the Dragon or get through the world's worst snowstorm and take the kid. I want a GR Corolla. I Dang it. We all do. I want one of those. We saw one at SEMA in that new blue. We already talked about this. It was it's the blue that, superb. It's that fantastic bright blue they superb. put on the RAV4s and they put on the current generation Corolla when it came out and then they killed it before the GR Corolla came out and I kept going, where is that blue on the GR Corolla? Now I've seen it on the Corolla and guess what? Best color. If I had that car, bronze wheels could not happen faster <laughs> You to and a your car. bronze wheels. Gold, bronze, whatever you call it. You would color. have the wheels in the garage before the car showed up. Yes, I would. Andrew? I think it's time for a portion in your life. The reason I read that entire list of car ownership is because Mm -hmm. you said you're never again owning an old BMW. How about a 911? And I'm allocating of your $65,000. I'm going to maybe give you a seven to 10 for a Fiesta ST because you clearly want one. Todd identified that as well. (laughs) Yes. You want one. So go get one for seven to $10,000. Don't go more than 10 because that'll leave you 55 grand for a 911 with a PDK. You're right with the auto and it's got small back seats. Yes. Uh, Well done. I was thinking Cayman or Boxster, but But 911's better. It is. You are ready for it. Go get a base Carrera four. Love it. All wheel drive. That'll go through the winter. You put the right tires on that. You put the winters on it. You you pull yeah you you did it better that's better than nine eleven and a Fiesta ST because then when you're ready for a change you can keep the nine eleven because it's still got the back seat 
<laughs> right? I, I just I am, whomever I am, the I am laughing. Eligible. Yeah, whoever's signing patent. on to be a patent. Anyway, I, I, but I'm laughing at the idea of a rear-facing car seat in a 911. I'm laughing heartily sure, at that, but it's fine. We'll, we'll cross that guy. As we've said before, don't buy the car for the kids you intend to have, Okay. <laughs> Have child figure out car. I'm just putting it. I put. Uh, and I did, like have child will travel. I, I did this have wrong, child. by the way. But moving on. Yeah. Uh huh. Nine eleven. Porsche is in your Love future. It. You have not experienced a nine eleven yet. So take whatever fifty five grand and go find the mo- most nine eleven base Carrera four that you can find for fifty five grand. Oh, the questions. Thank you, guys. I want to remind you one more time, next Friday, one week from right now, we are doing a live podcast. That live stream will be on a test drive videos channel. It also means, because we're doing it on Friday, that that Friday morning there will not be an audio podcast. It will follow that evening or possibly Saturday morning. So keep that in mind. That live stream podcast will be all questions from you guys. And we're not allowing car questions because it's a 50 interval. It's 8.50. Yikes. So it gets fun. It gets crazy. I'm going to start right here with Anthony Zurich. He said, okay, hang on. He has an 86, GR86. He bought it from a friend. His friend had it for two years, put uh, 22,000 kilometers on it, and had the shift light set at 3,500 RPM. So halfway through the rev band was the you ought to shift now bong. Did it even roll at that speed? Yeah, he said he's had it two years and put 55,000 kilometers on it. So he's put in his two years twice as much as his friend did. He launches it sideways daily and he uses all of the rev range. Because you should. Because you should. Because you should. Yeah. He had his friend grab the car for him yesterday, and his friend would not shut up about how different the clutch pedal feels. He's like, wait a minute, it used to grab right off the floor. What's the difference? He said, hang on, is this just normal usage, or is he ruining his car? Anthony, you're driving it as intended. The purpose of owning a manual transmission car is not to see how long you can make the clutch last. That was also a fist slam onto the table. Yes, it was. It's, that was it's, definitive right it's there. Not, it's not, look at how long my clutch lasted. You would like it to last a long time because, yes, it's a consumable and you don't want to spend the money, but that's not a victory. You didn't win anything because my clutch didn't get worn. Our GR86 in its 15,000 miles worth of life in year one, that clutch changed its uh, demeanor, how to put this kindly, a lot. Okay, there were plenty of launches. We had plenty of fun. The clutch, yes, it's not intended to be changed like brakes and oil. I get it. But the clutch is a consumable item. Yeah. Do not not drive your car hard because you're worried about clutch wear. Set the shift light at 3,500. They barely even, pretty much your friend bought the car new to give it to you. What's that noise coming out of my car? Seriously, that's a waste. I'm glad you're driving the car hard. That's awesome. Let's see here. Mr. McGillicuddy says, did the pandemic help save the sports car? Mm. With fully remote and hybrid employment, this opens the door to many car people who are opening up to more compromised choices. We like Mm. compromised choices. We get a lot of emails now where people are talking about they can change their commute because they're working from home. We get a lot of that. uh, Mr. McGillicuddy, I think you're right. Mm. I think it did. Yeah. I think that sales of sports cars have been reflected because people's commutes have dropped to very little or zero Mm. and they want something different. If you're going to be driving, why not make it fun? That's been the mantra since we started the show. If you're stuck in a car, it should be fun. Mm -hmm. You should want to open the door and sit down. It should be like, I can't wait to drive my car. I don't care what it is for whatever the job you're Mm -hmm. doing. Mm -hmm. That's our mission in life. And I think that is a silver lining of the pandemic. There weren't too many but I think you found one. That's pretty good. <laughs> Bradley J. 1983 also says, what is our thoughts or strategy as far as selling an enthusiast car during a particular time of the year? Mm. You should sell it during the end of a pandemic is when you should sell it. <laughs> Sorry. Sell it when prices are at their peak. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, money is cheap. Yeah, anyway, onward. <laughs> is there a time of year that should be avoided? What if it's an auction site? I really don't because I could make, the, the argument, you should sell your fun sports car in April, just before the fun summer driving season when people are ready and they're going, oh, yeah, I've been meaning to do that. Mm-hmm. I've been really itching to get out. I want something fun for the six months or I really want a sports car and yeah, summer's yeah. coming. But I could also make the argument like, ha ha, somebody's selling their sports car and now it's going to be a deal and I can snag one of those Caymans for less, even though it's not going to be less, but <laughs> it'll make you feel like it, especially yeah. with the used cars. 
People will think, aha, what a bargain. It's dead of winter. That's when I should buy my sports car and I'll be ready before anybody else. I could make the argument either way. See, I think with sports cars, the argument can be made. I think if you're selling anything other than a pure fun car, there probably isn't a season. Because if you're selling a big truck or an off-roader or whatever, people buy that in the dead of winter. It doesn't matter. Right. I just it's not need like one. gum at the checkout. Like, <laughs> you know what? I do need mints. I, I do need a Jeep. <laughs> I need a $70,000 392. While I'm exactly. here, I'll just get that. I forgot. I, I need I, a 392. You know, milk, grand? eggs, 392. Right. I just, I'm sorry. Honey, it was at the checkout. <laughs> it was just. I just felt like it's there. I like the color. <laughs> Impulse buy. Impulse buy. <laughs> no, I, I think if it's a sports car, you're better off if you are in a place that gets weather. You're better off selling in the spring, early summer. My dad got a deal on his C6 Corvette because the guy selling it put it up for sale in mid-January during nasty snowstorms. And I said to my dad, I said, that car is nice and he needs to get rid of it. Okay? Snag it. But everything else, it's a car. So I don't think it has a season. That's the only one I would say. Ted Theologan is asking a Griot's question, and I'll give you my answer. And I'm the wrong person, but I'll answer anyway. He said, winter Griot's foam cannon question. I ah. love I love the foam cannon. It makes me look like I'm doing a good job. That's what I like about it. I didn't even touch the car except to dry it. You get one of those cool, super thirsty towels, which are the greatest thing ever, by they the way. They are the greatest thing they, ever. Here's the thing. The Thirsty Griot's Towel, side rant. Totally worth it. What does this towel do? Everybody was telling me how great it was. I got one and was like, yeah, this really is the greatest towel ever. Anyway. Everyone needs time, one. It's the only time I touch the car. Because otherwise, it's a foam cannon. He said, are we running a hose from the utility sink in the house for freezing months? Essentially, Ted, yes. I actually have a water spigot in my inside my garage, not fully on the outside of the house. And the last time we remodeled, I happened to get the plumber was doing something else. I was like, can we do hot and cold to the garage one? Cold water. Oh, you water? had hot plumbed out to your garage now yes, too? Yes, so yes. So I can actually Isn't it the best ever? It is the best ever. So that's actually yes. the best and answer is you bring it somewhere where you can have just, you're not washing your car with hot water. I mean, it's cold out, but you can get tepid water coming through and then you're not <laughs> throwing cold water at your car. That's my answer. Although if you're doing that in the driveway and it's below freezing, you'll instantly fall down. You have to wear the spikes on your shoes. You do. That's the side note. You kind of do. But still, you, the best bet is to go through a spray wash because you've got the air drying at the end. You usually don't have true. air drying the jet that's, blast that's the hard at part. home. And then you do once have you the, get home... You have the killer towel, though. You have the killer towel. The towel <laughs> That is just so doesn't good. solve the driveway. It would, but now the towel's dirty. Well, yes. But yeah. then you get home, and then you can go with speed shine. Ceramic speed shine is really great. It also smells fantastic. <laughs> and... And you can go over with the waterless car wash yep. and use the right microfiber. We don't talk about microfiber nearly enough. And there is cheap <laughs> microfiber and there is good microfiber from Griot's. They mm. actually have the good stuff. There is a mm. difference. And don't wash microfiber with your clothes. I don't know if you guys know that. See, You want to mm. wash microfiber with the microfiber and ideally with not different products so it doesn't cross-contaminate. If you're a detail shop, I understand what I'm about to say. And that is you save up full loads worth of towels of specific products. Yes. That sounds amazing. You just have enough microfiber. You just I, have I, enough so it does the whole laundry I'm load. I'm washing like four towels. They're going to go in with other stuff. I'm sorry. I'm they, just not at that place you should. yet. should not I am I am doing it wrong. I acknowledge I'm doing it wrong. Microfiber and microfiber. Uh-huh. Don't wash microfiber with the cotton like jeans or something like that. That is worse. That is terrible. I admit. Should anyway, I just am not doing it right. Yeah. Jake's on a plane says that you, Todd, have talked a lot about your general disdain for stock wheels. Yes. How do you like your wheels to look? Is it just a color preference or is it something else? I don't like black wheels full stop. I just don't like them. Yeah, neither do I. And I actually think uh, I think it's an era thing. I think there's there's a whole group of car enthusiasts coming up behind us where anything that's not a black wheel, they equate as a chrome wheel. I don't like chrome wheels. You and yeah. I, our age group, we look at people getting chrome wheels like, why'd you do chrome? That's like an old man spec. I think not black wheels is starting to be looked at as a why'd you do why'd you do anything other than black? I don't like black wheels. I think it mutes a car. I think the the this is going to sound weird. I feel like silver painted wheels are the jewelry on a car, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I don't like a lot of spokes. Imagine a, a Fuchs wheel, the five spoke classic Porsche Fuchs wheel. Most yeah. everybody can imagine that. Yeah. I tend to like five spoke wheels or alternatively a split five spokes. So it's technically 10 spokes, but it's in like the shape of the Fuchs wheel and they're 
narrow spokes. If you look at all the aftermarket wheels I got, the ones on the FRS, the ones on the GR86, the ones on the 300ZX, are you noting a trend? They're all 10-spoke wheels. I just like that look. I think it looks great on almost any sports car out there. It doesn't work on trucks necessarily, but I no. like it on sports cars. No, you you like the uh, more minimal, minimalist look, but a, a thinner spoke that's more of a sporty design. Yes. I think now 10 spokes, it's really just five double spokes. Yes. So exactly it still has like. a five-spoke exactly right. kind of mm-hmm. feel, which is a sport wheel. Four is not five, is just classic sports car, whatever the design. And I, I do like those too, but it really has to not detract from the car's styling. And that's what OEM wheels, they try hard to do. There's wheels that are aggressive and there's a lot going on. Audis are pretty aggressive wheels, mm-hmm. but it has to really go with the styling for them to be aggressive wheels because then you get into other designs that don't go and don't match any of the car's styling elements. And it's really jarring and off-putting. So when you go aftermarket, you almost have to back away from a Mm. lot of crazy stuff going on because they weren't designed for that car. If you see the wheel just by itself, you could say, oh, I really like that wheel. Wait till you put it on a car. Things are going to change the the car's look. It wasn't designed in the studio next Mm -hmm. to the car. And the the designers are pulling styling cues into their wheels from the car. They're going, okay, that's an interesting element. Let's do that. And... You know, we've got a, a circular mm-hmm. motion with the wheel and, and there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of evaluation that goes into wheel designs. There's a ton of iteration that happens in the studios mm-hmm. and there's a ton of input from the design team to get the wheels right. They don't always, but then just going to aftermarket doesn't always solve the problem mm-hmm. because you've got to see the wheels on the car. And that's why a lot of those configurators, you can see the wheels before you buy them on the car. I'm with you, but sometimes I do like a, a little bit more interesting wheel, a lot more stuff going on. But then the problem is they're hard to clean. So <laughs> what do you do, right? Randy Klosmeyer has says, does anyone have experience towing with a Cayenne? They do tow over 7,000 pounds. He said he's looking for something that's not a full Are size Are we talking pickup. about Cayennes again? We're talking about Cayennes again. Sweet. Yes, uh, here's the thing. Uh, they, they typically don't have a trailer brake. So keep that in mind. You may have to get the trailer brake installed. Otherwise, I know people that have towed with them. I've seen there are photos even posted today of people towing with them. They have a good towing capacity. They're pretty hardcore. I know, I know. I keep hearing about all the overlanding requests. Everybody's asking you now. Johnny FD is saying he would never trust his Cayenne GTS overlanding because there's too many electrical things. This is where I'm quite happy to have a stock one that is base because it doesn't yeah. have the air suspension. So I, all the lifts, everything is simpler. It's awesome. We'll see. Nick Lancey, he says, what car would we choose if we were a bank heist getaway driver? (laughs) Maybe the bank's in Park City and our only objective is to escape the police. Are you promoting crime? Well, and we have have local sheriffs listening to this podcast, so we're just going to reveal ourselves completely (laughs) here. We're screwed. They'd be like, "Uh, Mm -hmm. guys, just get up already. We're just looking for that car now. I suppose uh, Rivian R1Ts. No, R1Ss because Park City is littered with those now. And... (laughs) Ranges, Which one is it? I don't know. It's Cayennes, a... Bentegas, a lot what, more Range Rovers. Here's the thing that's funny is what you're saying is all the stuff, this sounds ridiculous, that would blend with traffic in our local area. Exactly. Yes. So that's if you the getaway. Out, here's the thing. If you pull, I like the R1S quite a bit because if you pulled into traffic, then you're gonna there's going to be three others at the light and you were silent getting away anyway. Yeah. And if anybody chases you, you have you plenty of power. Plus, there's plenty of room for stash in the back. <laughs> like how we're talking about <laughs> Yeah. Crime. Uh, why not? <laughs> it's a uh, turned into a crime podcast. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for all your questions. Write to us every day, driver TV at gmail.com for all your topic Tuesdays, your car conclusions, and of course your car debates. We're looking forward to hearing from you and we're looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>